You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I'm sitting down with Sean Taylor. She is someone who I've been following on social media for quite some time. Um, and I'm really excited to be sitting down with her to have an amazing conversation. I think I say that with all of my guests. I I always get very excited about interviewing people. And I think that's why I love doing the podcast and also why I never have any solo episodes anymore (laughs) because I would much prefer to sit down and chat with someone else. Um, So I'm again, so excited, Sean, to have you here today. Welcome. Hi, uh, thanks so much for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, But before we get started, do you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, totally. So my name is Sean Taylor. I was on season one of The Circle on Netflix, which feels like a lifetime ago a little bit. Um, And since then, I, um, I used to work in plus size fashion on like the social media side of things. And since the circle, I've been able to um, just create content for myself full time, uh, mainly in like plus size fashion and body positivity. Um, And yeah, I'm just on TikTok and uh, Instagram right now. I love that. Yeah, I remember how long ago was it that the it was 2020? Yeah, it came out in January of 2020. Okay, so not not too long ago, but definitely a couple of years. <laughs> right, like pandemic time, like everything feels like yeah. a blur, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, was 2020 10 years ago or was that two years ago? It feels like a very long time ago. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> definitely. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk to you about your experience on the circle. Um, I think this is like a conversation that comes up like a lot with reality TV, right? Is like the lack of representation that we see on reality television. Um, we see this a lot in terms of like the bachelor and the bachelorette and like really just asking and really pushing for like anyone in a larger body to be represented on these shows. And so I'm really excited to hear what that experience was like for you. Um, so first things first, it was done, did, was filming during COVID? No, so it um, filmed in 2019, came okay. out in January, 2020. And then it was like three months later that COVID happened. So like the first season had this like whole kind of like second life to it. Like it initially came out, but then like suddenly 
everyone was kind of in the same position we were on the show where we were all in like isolation and talking to our TVs. Um, so then it really kind of like kicked off in like March and April in like a really big way. Yeah. That's when I came across it was like during COVID. Um, and I think, I don't remember if I had seen someone someone had posted and tagged you or someone was talking about, um, season one. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what is this show? This is, this is new. Um, and I watched it and I was like, Oh my God, I know her. I recognize her from, you know, I'd seen you on social media and stuff like that. Um, but for listeners who don't know, or who haven't seen the circle, do you mind giving like a little overview of, of what the show is? Yeah. So I, a lot of people compare it to like, Big Brother. Um, it is, it was originally a show in the UK and like Netflix just picked it up and like spun it out for like America and France and Brazil. Essentially everyone is in this building where, um, everyone's in separate rooms. No one actually interacts with each other face to face. You only interact through this like pretend social media app. And you want to like stay in the circle the longest. People get voted out kind of like survivor style. And um, basically since no one can see you, you can be whoever you want to be. So people make these like fake profiles. People kind of like try to create a persona that might be more like advantageous for them. Um, So there's a lot of like lying and manipulation. Which I think is really interesting because that can be so easily done, like actually on social media. Yeah. It's like catfish concept, right. Of being like catfished. Um, And that was something that I thought was like really interesting about the show was that there was that option to be like either yourself or to kind of choose this different persona, whether it was like, like, I think one, one guy I remember specifically, um, was like a really attractive, like conventionally attractive, like blonde white girl. And that was like who he was portraying. Um, and I thought that was like one of the most interesting aspects <laughs> that they added in that like catfish, that catfish aspect to show like how, how easy it is to kind of convince people that you are someone that you're not. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, Yeah. So it's definitely like a show that's about, you know, like making connections and making alliances and um, uh, yeah. And just kind of like who you present to the world and who you really are. It's such a silly little show and like um, it takes like a little bit to get into just because the way that everyone like speaks at their TV and at the circle, like you're just sitting in a room by yourself talking to yourself. But um, I think there are definitely like, I think a lot of people have uh, seen how uh, there's some kind of like, um, like political uh, elements to it, just the way that, um, you know, for some people, it's easier to be yourself. And for some people, that comes with just like a lot more baggage, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm curious, like when you were asked to go on the show, asked, or I don't know if you were, if you applied or if you were asked, what did that look like for you? So um, I had no idea about this show. Uh, Most of that was the case for most of the people on the first season um, that like casting people were 
um, like kind of scouting people out. Um, and so, yeah, someone like reached out to me one day, it was like, um, the middle of the work day. And they were like, Hey, we think that you should audition for this show. Like, give us a call. And it was like my lunch break. And I was like standing outside, like on the street in like New York city, having this call with someone. And I was just like, this like, doesn't feel real but also like the fact that this was a show in the UK I'm like okay if this is a scam like this is a pretty well thought out scam (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so it really just entirely fell into my lap I had never auditioned for anything like this yeah that's really cool and and I yeah I I love that I'm curious when you decided to go on the show what that thought process was for you in terms of like deciding to be yourself or choosing to kind of create this persona. Um, yeah. I'm curious, like what that, what that process looked like or that thought process. So, for you. There's, um, uh, there's a lot that goes in to who catfishes and who doesn't behind the scenes you know um because the catfishing makes it interesting (laughs) so um I think a lot of people do want to be themselves um but uh when I was you know like thinking of a strategy and being honest about my own life experience you know as someone who is a plus size social media manager like I just see terrible comments directed at fat people like all day, every day, you know, like people are just like so brutal online and like unnecessarily. So Uh, I'm like, it's like, I would see people commenting on like ads, like (laughs) they're like, ew, like, you know, like this is an ad, like you're just so weird for commenting on this. Um, So like, my personal experience is that like, would I, the, the show at the end, whoever wins got like a hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, based on my own life experience, I would not bet a hundred thousand dollars that a random selection of like 10 to 15 people are going to have their body politics in check. Mm -hmm. Um, especially a random group of people that, are selected to be on reality TV. Like I love reality TV. I grew up on reality TV, um, but it's always been a kind of like problematic medium. And there's always been a lot of like body image stuff um, wrapped up in reality TV. Um, So I chose to go in not as myself, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched this. Um, Sorry about that. Um, but I decided to go in not as myself. I used a friend of mine who's like very, like she's thin, she's very conventionally attractive. And, um, but ultimately this is more spoilers. I chose to reveal myself, um, like who I really was, uh, in like kind of the middle of the game. Um, and yeah, that just felt like, um, I guess the option that, was like just truest to me. It was important to me that like people saw, like I didn't want people to walk away thinking like, oh, if I'm like Sean, I should be like hiding (laughs) throughout my life. But I also wanted to like honor the fact that like 
the reality is a lot of people do feel like they have to shrink or minimize or like conceal that experience. And, um, and, you know, like maybe just have like some trauma around, um, size and how people perceive them and being visible. And, um, so I, I wanted to like, you know, uh, be honest about the fact that like being online and being visible online, it's like not always a very friendly place to be when you're fat. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that? What was the feedback you got from, from those decisions? So, um, ultimately I got feedback that meant a lot to me, the messages that meant the most to me. I got so many messages when I revealed myself from people literally all over the world being like that. I got this one message from this person that was like, I realized that I had been hiding like in my own life. And like, you know, someone even saying, you know, like, I don't even like take my kids, like get in the pool with my kids because I'm like insecure. And like, just seeing you kind of like own it was like, just kind of giving me permission to do the same. And I feel like so many people have, um, like, I feel like you've probably heard like the phrase, like coming out as fat, you know, it was like kind of like that moment for me on the show, but I've had had similar moments in my life where, you know, it's like a conversation that you're maybe having people having with people in your life. That's like, this is who I am. And I'm not intending on like dieting for the rest of my life. I'm not intending on changing that. And like, you know, I want you to respect me. Um, and so like the, when I chose to reveal myself on the show, it really did mirror that experience that I had had in real life. And that I know like a lot of fat people have had as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that like, I'm so happy to hear that you received that, those messages, because I think that always, it's so reassuring, right. To hear from people like, okay, I made the right decision. Right. And I did this, you know, started off doing it this way, but then chose to, you know, reveal myself and, and, and show people who I truly am. Um, and that can be a really vulnerable place to go into, especially on reality television, where you're in, you know, you're going to be seen by, millions of people right it's like this concept of like oh gosh like I see these these comments on social media which I'm sure you know is probably a smaller audience than it is a Netflix show so it's like this fear of like okay do I do do I want to do this or you know is this is this going to do more harm than good but it sounds like for you it did more good than it did (laughs) Yeah, I definitely like had comments, especially like in the episodes before I revealed who I was, Um, you know, some people were confused or didn't like the choice that I made. It was funny to me because a lot of people who messaged me that were the most angry actually weren't fat. Like it would be thin people that would message me that would be like, how dare you say like you're confident and then, you know, do this, this way. Um, yeah. So it was really odd because then there would be people who were fat 
that would be like, I know exactly why you did this, you know? Um, and that's who I did it for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I was so nervous about the show coming out. Like I literally was like sleeping with like my hands and like fists, like just like, it, it was so nerve wracking because uh, all of it comes down to like editing. You don't know how, and it was like a very nuanced story to share for reality TV. And um, yeah, like <laughs> social media is just like pretty brutal at times. So I was really terrified about just like how, because I watched it in real time with everyone else, you know, like that's so scary. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you happy with the way everything turned out? Yeah. I, that show, um, completely changed my life and I'm so grateful, um, because of that, you know, like I, before the circle, I had always, um, really for like years up until the circle, I was really heavy into like body positive spaces online and fat positive spaces online and like fat activism. And it was, um, I had to make a lot of really tough decisions and I, um, made those decisions with a lot of care with going in like on this show, because I, um, knew how much it meant, you know, as someone who, as a consumer of, media where, um, there aren't, there isn't a lot of fat representation. And when there is one, you're like, please let this be right. You know? Um, but I was like, I, I know my values and like, I know my heart and like the, I, I also know that a lot of, there are a lot of people out there who feel very alone with their size and, um, maybe just haven't had access to just like new thoughts and like just a different way to um, think about bodies. And um, so I, I was like, if I can be connected possibly to a, pe- a group of people who um, have never believed that like, oh, maybe like you deserve to feel good about yourself. Like maybe you deserve to feel seen. Maybe, you know, like your size or your health is not like a moral thing about you. Um, like I, I know I could make a difference if I were to be connected with those people. And so really like the community that I was able to, um, that like came to me because of this show was, just really everything that I dreamed. And I feel like I really have been able to do the things in life that like I like career wise that I've really hoped to do because of it. Yeah. And I love that. I I really do like love to see that this experience was, you know, like positive for you. And it brought, it brought you this community and this group of people that, you know, means a lot to you. Um, I'm curious, do you think the outcome would have been different if you either one would have gone in as yourself from the beginning Mm -hmm. or two would have chosen? I mean, I assume that choosing to to remain like kind of anonymous throughout the whole show, I think that definitely that reaction would have been different. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but what, like, what have you thought about, like, how, if your experience would have been different if you would have chosen to be yourself yeah. at the start or to stay anonymous throughout the whole show? I wouldn't have felt super good if I wasn't able to reveal myself. And um, I think there probably would have been people still that would have related to me if I had chosen to be myself. Mm-hmm. I think like there was something um, that felt very true and powerful about the fact that like the way that I played the game, I wanted to reveal myself to people who I felt like I could trust. Yeah. And um, I just think there's something about like, uh, like just vulnerability and like disclosure in life that that should be with people that you trust and it should be like on your own terms. And like, it's also um, valid for people who like are choosing to like protect themselves however they have to. Um, so I think like that would have been like a, a valid choice. And I think people would have like understood that too, um, but it wouldn't have been my favorite choice for me. I think if I had gone in as myself, I think people um, would have probably enjoyed that choice as well. But I kind of try, like, I think this experience really made me think a lot about the way we consume media with like fat people in it and how we really like prioritize this like ultra confident, like the sun shines out of my ass 24 seven Lizzo queen slay girl that like I adore Lizzo but like no one feels that way about themselves all the time and like it's not fair to like force or expect that performance from fat people always and um I think uh there was something about like me revealing that was kind of like a this like transformation moment that I think people could really like um, put themselves into versus like me showing up, like I'm amazing. And I love myself 24 seven. Like that's um, I don't know, like that's something that's fun and enjoyable to watch, but I feel like that's almost like the end of a story. And like, we're all just kind of like in the middle of it. Like I don't identify with being like, I've solved confidence, you know? I know. Can't wait until that day comes, if it ever yeah. is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really interesting. That idea of like starting off as this, as, as the, as one character, right? The, your friend who you decided to um, kind of portray and then throughout the show kind of evolving into this space of like okay I think I'm I think I'm ready to like actually you know come out as fat right like you said to the people you know and I think if I remember correctly there was only a a small amount of other contestants who you first came out like had told them revealed yourself um too so that's kind of what you were saying earlier like those were the people you felt safe around those are the people that you felt comfortable with that you were like, okay, I think I'm, I'm ready to like be my true self and like tell these people who I really am. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I never, I never thought of it that way, but now that you explained it, it really is this like beautiful transformative experience of like, I don't know, this, this concept of like being, a, being fearful of being yourself. 
right? Yeah. Being like afraid of being almost vulnerable in a sense in front of people or the fear of like, okay, how are people going to react to my body if mm-hmm. I show up as my true self? Um, right. But then over time coming to that realization of like, no, I, I have these people, I've built these connections, I feel safe around them. I, I now feel like I can be myself and I can, and I can really show them who I am, which, you know, is what we want for everyone. Right. right? Yeah. Everyone to be able to have that space to be like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding, like, you're not going to be confident all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In some days, it's going to be really fucking hard to be yeah. confident or it's going to be, you know, really hard to feel good in your body. And I think like, for me, that was, that was like a big thing I had to give up. That was that expectation, that expectation Mm -hmm. of like, I have to feel good all the time. And if I don't, I'm a fraud. Yeah. And I think uh, that is like the criticism that I got from some people, um, uh, often people who were not that, but it was like, if you don't, you, why aren't you the most being the most visible and the most like confident, the most in your face about your size, otherwise you're a fraud. And it's just not, it's not fair to people who have just like lived a real life out there. Um, but also I think this, the whole experience made me feel very, um, like defensive and wanting to reclaim, my right to be a complicated human being, you know, like, it's just like, it made me so angry at times when people would put that on me. And it just made me feel like you want me to just be this one dimensional, like, like, um, archetype of a plus size woman to you. Um, and then you're willing to like insert me into whatever narrative you want, but like, that's not, that's just not what my life has been, you know? And like, I have, um, like, I've just, I've done so much internal work and in terms of like my relationship with my size and my body. Um, but like, if ever, like I'm struggling in those areas, like that's human. And I get to be complicated, just like, um, like the skinny girl who's like, you know, pinching her rolls gets to be complicated, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's such an important conversation because there is that expectation, right. Of like, if you are choosing to like, be online or if you're choosing to like put yourself in a situation where you are being seen by other people there's like there is this like expectation that you show up unapologetically yourself confident like and it's like but that's not that's not realistic right like we're we're still human and we still have days where we don't feel great in our bodies mm-hmm. and those conversations are almost just as important, if not more important, um, to have regarding the hard days and regarding like getting through, through those difficult things rather than solely focusing on the confidence or the body acceptance or that sort of thing. Or Um, I feel like I would get like these, what it would always kind of circle back or like boil down to is like, 
you just shouldn't let that type of thing get to you. Like you shouldn't listen to the haters. Like you should, you should just be yourself. And it's like, actually, like maybe it's like the world's business to figure out how to be a little bit kinder and I'll be, I'll I'll be soft if I'm going to be soft, you know, like it just makes, it would just get me so frustrated to hear something like that of like, don't let it get to you or don't listen to something like that. Um, cause it's like, well, I actually can't really help that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. And I think you make a good point. I think like when we expect individuals to like work through those things on their own, instead of actually holding like society accountable for the way that they treat these people Mm. like you know people in large bodies marginalized individuals like we are excusing those Mm -hmm. behaviors and just automatically putting that responsibility on those people and it's like that's not it's not fair (laughs) no no and it's just such a like one-dimensional um like person who like it's just like this expectation of being like um like invincible, you know, like, and it's like, I actually don't want to go through life, like always like wearing armor, like certain people's opinions aren't going to matter to me. And I'm not going to like put stake in certain people's opinions, but like, I mean, I'm sure you've had the experience also online of like, even still having a bunch of strangers when it's like, you know, when it can be a certain volume of, people on the internet saying negative things to you it's like it it's not even like I believe those things to be true but it still is like ouch like I just want to turn my brain off you know yeah Yeah. I recently um had shared an experience that I had uh like with my with my community where I was just having like bad body image days. It was like four days of just like, oh, like I just didn't feel, I didn't feel confident. I didn't feel great. I just was having a, having bad body image days. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to spin because this always makes me feel great. I always, you know, it makes me happy. I love the people that I get to be around. So I'm going to go to go to a spin class and hopefully this will make me feel a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to a spin class. And, and as I was leaving, I'm walking back to my car and someone yelled out their window, like, you're so fat. And Mm. I just like got into my car and broke down. Like I was like, that was like a breaking point for me. I was like, it's been four days of really struggling with how I feel about my body and my mental health in general. And a comment that usually would not affect me just broke me. And I think that that's like, that's a good example of that, right? Of like, usually that's a comment that we can be like, screw you. Like you're an unhappy person. You know, I, yes, I am fat. What's wrong with that type of thing. But because of the headspace that I had been in a couple of days leading up to that, that comment just broke me. And I think it's important for us to understand like, we don't know what someone is going through or has been going through, like, mm-hmm. especially someone online, right? Like we're only seeing what they're sharing. So to assume that someone's being weak or that someone, you know, shouldn't be letting 
comments affect them. It's like, but you don't know what this person has been experiencing for the past, you know, couple of days or even like years, right. To where it's been like, okay, I can't take it anymore. And I just, you just break. Yeah. I am just thinking of the freaking people who comment um, hateful things on strangers videos recently. I've been thinking about it as like these, uh, like, it's like the equivalent of like littering. Like these people are like energetically the people who litter, like the type of person who just like throws something out of their car. It's like, you are gross. (laughs) I really, that your, your vibe is the worst. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think that's like, that's something that can be really helpful to remember when you're like navigating those comments of like, this is definitely a person that's not worth me putting my like energy into. This is definitely the type of person that doesn't know me, who Mm -hmm. is probably miserable and is projecting. And that's totally what it is. And I find myself telling people a lot of times, like if someone openly comments or says something negative about your body or you as a person, I guarantee you it has almost nothing to do with you as a person and solely to do with what that individual is internally experiencing. Right. And because people who are happy and secure don't ever, don't, don't waste their time posting Mm -hmm. comments like that. And I also love like the thing that's like, if you want to take advice for, from somebody, like don't take criticism from them. And it's like, I would not take advice from anyone who leaves negative comments on strangers posts. That's absurd. Yes. Yes. It doesn't, and the ad thing gets me. That is hilarious. People who like Literally. leave comments on ads that are, it's like. It's just spewing into the void that you are just like insecure and mean. And that's yeah. what you want to be putting out there. I hate that. Yeah. Because I'm like, also like, you must not really know how an ad really works because people are just scrolling past them. People are not like people are usually not stopping and like reading the comments and like looking at who's engaging in it because it's clearly an ad. So it's like, it's yeah, it doesn't no, make sense. Carly, you know, what's wild is that I would see. And like, I, if you look on like ads for plus size companies, I bet you'll see it now, but like people commenting <laughs> women thin women commenting like why is this being shown to me (laughs) being like insulted in in their field and it's like don't you realize that because you're commenting on this post you're gonna keep showing up yes it's like it's that that fat phobia that fear they're like this is not me. Why am I seeing this? This will never be me. I will never be this person. It's like, chill out. Like, relax. Bad. Like, geez. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah it's rough I, out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm curious, like going off of that, what is your like go-to coping skills or your self-care that routine look like for you on those days that feel more difficult? Yeah. The biggest piece of advice that I have is like, it's really important to like, look away from your phone and speak to someone in real life about it. Because like, I think there is just something about like, we can't fully process 
those feelings when you're just staring at your phone and consuming it, like you need to get like grounded in reality and just speak to another human being about what's happening. Um, and sometimes I will literally just give my phone to my fiance. Like, I'm like, I'm going to need you to take this because like, I just can't be looking at it right now. I try to give myself like grace too, because we all have that weird, like masochistic little worm in our head. That's like, keep looking at And, um, like, of course, because you want to like know all the bad things that people could possibly think about you. So you can protect yourself from not being those things, you know, but, um, the reality is, uh, we are like, especially I get scared for people on like TikTok and Instagram. Now that there can be so much reach on like these types of platforms, um, that it really, it can seriously impact someone's mental health. And like, we are simply not meant to consume how that many, how like that many people feel about us and their opinions about us. You're not supposed to like consume media by like, I mean, feedback by the hundreds of thousands. (laughs) It's not realistic. Um, So it's like, it's understandable to be curious, but also like, I, I, I am almost like parenting myself to, you know, be like, Hey, like this, that's enough. And like, if it's too hard right now, literally give your phone to somebody else. Um, and then I just remember those things that like, you know, it's not about me that anyone who's commenting something like that is unhappy with themselves, you know? And, um, also it's okay. It is I think the hardest ones are when I feel like someone's wrong about me, but it's okay for people to be wrong about you. Like they don't, they don't know you and you know, you, you know, and if there's, if we all have our blind spots, if I had a blind spot that I needed to learn about, I would trust the people around me to tell me about those. I don't need a stranger who's like never met me to tell me about that, you know? Um, so yeah, those are my big things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think those are are really important. I think that's a big thing for me is like stepping away, like being like, okay, I am limiting my screen time today. Like usually for me, that's like a Saturday um, because I'm like, I just want to be out and about. I want to be doing stuff for me. I don't want to be like scrolling and, and looking at what, you know, everyone is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been like huge, like huge change for me is being mm-hmm. able to just have like one specific day even where I'm just like, I'm going to limit how much I am on social media. Like I'll post a couple stories. I'll like maybe post, but maybe not like just like removing that expectation that I have to be seeing everything and knowing what's going on and just like understanding, like, I just want to live in the moment today. Like, I just want to, I want to put my phone away and I just want to like take in the sunshine, be with my dog, like do something fun and not worry about any of that. And I think even doing that in the evening too, right. Of like Mm -hmm. having like a cutoff time, I think yeah. that's something that tends to work for a lot of people is saying like, okay, after 7 p.m., 
for something, right? Like that's when I'm going to really limit my phone usage, maybe even put my phone away for, for a while, Mm -hmm. spend time with your partner or your kids or yourself and just, you know, like relax and turn your brain off because that can be so life-changing. Yeah. I, um, what's really worked for me is at nighttime, like when I'm going to bed, I just charge my phone in a different room than I like, than I sleep in. Like I leave my phone downstairs and then go to bed that way. I also am like more likely to like read a book or something and like, believe it or not, you get so much better sleep when you're not just like scrolling on TikTok. I always say, I feel like when I'm scrolling on TikTok for hours, I feel like I'm just like pouring Mountain Dew directly on my brain. <laughs> I, I struggle with that so much, especially at night. It's so hard. <laughs> I'm, bed and I'm just like scrolling and then I'm like, oh shit, it's midnight. I should probably go to bed. Yeah. I've been kind of stuck in it a little bit bad recently. Like those like, um, all those like big, like, uh, procrastination moments. I have ADHD and like, I really have been struggling on my phone and literally just like having your phone out of sight, plugging it in, in a different room is just always going to be the best way for me to like, just like get my brain back in touch with reality for a second, you know, (laughs) not be living on like, you know, five second dopamine. Yeah. And I think it can be even like as a creator, it can be overwhelming, even if you're not, you're not on your phone, like posting or like interacting, but you're just scrolling. Like for me, when I'm scrolling TikTok or I'm on Instagram, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, this is a good sound. I could use this sound for a video like this, or, oh, this is such a cute idea. And my brain is just constantly in this like work mode. And I'm like, when I put my phone away and I'm just like sitting, I'm like, okay, (laughs) I feel like a little... I feel like weight off my shoulders because I'm not, you know, constantly thinking about what could be done or what could be created on social media. Um, and I feel like it just allows clarity to be like, okay, this, these are the things that I need to do, write them on a piece of paper and I'm going to sit at my desk and I'm going to like work on stuff and just like not think about what's going on on my phone. Yeah. It's so hard to like, it, there becomes so much gray area between like work and life and, you know, social media for fun and social media for work. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to ever just really be completely like chilling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what, what is something that you would like a piece of advice, I guess we, you could call it like a piece of advice, but something now that you have this experience in reality television, you've, you've worked with producers, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, all of that, like a piece of advice that you would give people who consume media, right. Tell like Netflix, all of that, a piece of advice that you would give them regarding like reality television. I think it'd be really easy to compare yourself to people on reality television, just like you can on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious, like what piece of advice would you give people when consuming those shows and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, I think it's similar to uh, being on social media in a way, like I notice when I 
same as when I'm scrolling on TikTok for hours, if I binge the Kardashians, I don't feel so good. Like my brain is telling me things that I'm like, hold on a second. I really try to, um, I, I think I grew a lot in like my, with my relationship to myself when I started paying less attention to like, uh, you know, calories and like my diet and more attention to like my media diet and the things that I'm like putting in my brain and the ideas and people that I'm exposing myself to. Um, I think it's important to remember that like these, um, I mean, every reality TV show is quite produced. (laughs) Um, I think like I I definitely watch reality TV in a different way now, which is that like, this is for fun. Um, and really don't, um, don't overly identify with (laughs) anything that's going on, you know? Um, it's like really, uh, just kind of like, um, yeah, like mindless entertainment and like, yeah, Uh, I think another like conversation that has been happening more recently is just like how people consume reality TV and then um, interact with those people online. And I think that goes along with like not overly identifying with things that you're watching on reality TV because, uh, you know, some people like receive stuff that's like really just like abusive, you know? And, um, there's always like, uh, the situations might not all be real, but the people are real, <laughs> you know? And that's like, really, that's a really hard thing to navigate. Um, and so like, and what makes me, it's funny because I've been, uh, talking a little bit with, have you seen the, uh, face, I mean, the Instagram page roses for everybody. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like, you know, they've been talking about like plus size representation on the bachelor franchise. And, um, I think like my experience on the circle made me more aware of how, when a lot of people are watching reality TV, they're watching with like a certain amount of like disdain, like people enjoy hate watching these shows. They enjoy like a clear villain or a clear stupid person or a clear whatever that they can say, ha, I'm not like that. Um, and then add social media to that. And like, it can get pretty nasty pretty quickly. Um, and in some ways, like, I think because of that social media, I mean, uh, reality TV can be a really challenging medium to, um, discuss like nuanced ideas or to change people's politics about something. Um, because, a lot of people are watching it to hate watch it, you know? Um, so yeah, being mindful of like, you know, if you're getting like too wrapped up in it, if you're having a lot of negative thoughts, like step away, you know, like have some, have some popcorn cackle with your girlfriends, share the silly gifts. And like, that's, that's what I enjoy about reality TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that there's like, like, what do you think that space looks like then in terms of like having 
a plus size, let's say like bachelorette or a bachelor, right? Mm-hmm. Who, you know, this concept of like hate watching, like what, what would you say is like the correct way to go about that to still, to still, you know, like show that representation? Is it yeah. more just like understanding that there are going to be people who aren't going to like this, who are going to hate watch it, but then also realizing there's going to be a lot of people who are going to feel seen and represented by this. I'm right. curious, like, what, what do you think that looks like? I feel a complicated way about it because I, I noticed this for mm, so many types of media where the primary message is like exposing some like new type of representation, like people who are underrepresented. When you are exposing an underrepresented community to an audience that's not used to that type of person or that type of story, often the person who is the like, um, the token of that representation is gonna be, is gonna deal with some tough stuff. You know, like it's amazing to be able to lift people up and to have like that moment to be a champion for your group, but also like you deal with a lot of vitriol, you know? And I think, um, one, I think that it's important that those people have mental health, like resources on like the production side of things. I think it's important that those people are like, and I I think it's important that those people are compensated in the right way. Like same thing for like ads from like brands. Like when, if you are using like a marginalized person, like you're not just paying, you shouldn't just be paying them as like a model. Like this is someone who is um, like communicating a new value to your community. And like, they are being exposed to like potentially harmful things and should be like compensated appropriately. Um, And also I think that it's like a, I don't think it's like a one and done, like we'll show like a confident plus size bachelorette and like the problem will be solved. I think reality TV has like tried to do that with certain things. Like, um, I don't know if you're a real housewives person, but I feel like real housewives of New York lately has kind of um, been like a really good example of this. Like it's been a bunch of old rich white ladies and they tried to bring in like a black woman and like, she just hit the fan. Like, just didn't, it didn't like go over well. Um, and it was like hard for like, I think the viewers were like, what is this? Like, I'm confused that like, you have to educate your audience over time. You have to like get your audience um, to be accepting these values in subtle ways, maybe before you're just like introducing an entirely new person that you're expecting them to relate to in a respectful way, you know? Um, Sad that that even is like the reality, right? That there has to be this like, introduction or right. like slowly incorporating like a black woman into a television show to make sure that viewers don't get upset about it right or yeah. like slowly introducing like and I'm like does that mean like the bachelorette just like 
each year she she's just like a little bit bigger <laughs> and bigger I think and you know like right and I'm like this is that is that says so much about right our society but I think it's also just they're like subtle values like the way that like in reality tv I feel like um you know there's so many conversations about dieting, about plastic surgery, about wanting to be thin and look thin and having the right body. And like to suddenly put in a plus size person, like not, not talking about the bachelorette specifically, but to suddenly like shove a fat person into that in front of that audience who is used to fat phobic rhetoric. Like it's, it's almost irresponsible, you know, like it doesn't feel fair that like, it just like, I think there are like tiny shifts that show like, Hey, this, like, maybe we don't think that way about things anymore. Um, and that's not to say that, like, I think like progress should happen like really slowly. I just think that like, we, um, I think we like production, people who are producing these shows or companies that are making this type of content need to be really like responsible for like the well-being of the person that they're putting in front of like the monster of the audience that they created you know definitely yeah no I I I relate I agree with that so much I think that that it's more so protecting making sure that the individual is is supported and has like protection and isn't just being thrown to the wolves and it's right. like all right then for yourself like figure this out you you decided to be here like you know right. making sure there is that support there I think I think that's a really good point yeah or whether that's like a therapist on set or something um and I don't know is that like really was that a thing for the circle is that usually yeah. common we had access to a therapist and, um, I think it is becoming more and more common. And unfortunately, like it's more common because of situations where people have been on reality TV, been bullied online and then taken their own lives, you know, like, um, so there really should be more like legal even protections because really it's like, the people producing these shows, um, they are the ones that hire the therapists. It's not like there is some like outside third party that is like caring for the well-being of these people. So um, there's a lot of gray area. Um, and it's something that I like learned about, like, because uh, the show was filmed in the UK and the, that was like a big issue with Love Island, I think. Um, and uh yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's really good that it's becoming more popular that people because I can't imagine going through a situation like this without any sort of therapist. That just seems insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and that's something that I'd always as as a therapist, I was like, is this a thing? Like that would be like I would be so interested in like in being a therapist on set of a of a TV show, a reality TV show. I think that would be really fulfilling and also just like a really cool experience. Um, but I just wasn't sure how common it was. I know there's one show. It's not a reality show, but it's based on reality television, mm. and it's it's a um, 
a woman who used to be a producer for The Bachelor and The mm-hmm. Bachelorette. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it, yes. but yeah. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but it 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 is like pretty much shows the production side of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, it's not, again, reality TV. It's like reenacted um, based on truth, like some true stories and what she experienced as producer and stuff like that. Um, and they had a therapist or a mental health, like professional on set, but there was still so much like breach of confidentiality, a lot of like stuff, like HIPAA violations. And I'm like, oh, yikes. <laughs> like, such an, a, a, I feel like a very, I don't know, I guess, cause you do have the producers and you have like you have all these other people that you're navigating while also providing, trying to provide, you know, services to the contestants, but mm-hmm. then producers are wanting to like know things, right? right. To, like throw in there to, to make more drama. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like that would be a really thin line to walk. Right. I am. When I was in the audition process for the show, I had to take this like 600 question psych evaluation and then have a meeting with like a therapist before going on the show. So um, yeah, I think like uh, these places are trying to do some more due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, I mean, I'm happy to hear that that was like a process that they, that they, that they did and took into consideration before bringing on bringing someone onto the show who maybe wouldn't have been in a good like mental state to be on the show right yeah it's scary yeah yeah it can be definitely so um one last question kind of wrap things up um for the listeners I always like to to kind of leave them with a piece of advice or something feel good feel good thoughts feel good you know energy um what is one piece of advice that you would give listeners when it comes to just like embracing who you are, right? This is something that we see on your social media in terms of like, you know, working in fashion and always, you know, talking about brands and inclusivity and, and all of that. I think fashion can be a really great way to express Mm -hmm. yourself and who you are. Um, And I'm curious, like, yeah, what piece of advice would you give listeners in terms of like starting that process of, you know, accepting who they are and, and feeling more comfortable or confident in themselves? I think probably two things come to mind. One, um, your timeline is your timeline. I think so often people are like judgmental towards themselves about their own insecurities. They're like, Oh, I know I should feel more like this, or I know I shouldn't say stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm just so stupid or isolating myself over this or whatever, you know, like it's reasonable that you feel that way, you know, like it's reasonable to have those moments, um, or days or months or weeks or years. Uh Um, And just like acknowledging that's like, I think just even first noticing, Hey, that's not how I want to think or feel about myself. That's not how I want to talk to myself is the first step. And you might stay on that first step 
for a while before you get to actually changing um, how it is you think and about yourself or talk about yourself. Um, and then my other piece of advice, especially when it comes to like um, clothing and like accepting yourself, um, I like to tell my community, you have to make sure that you're always looking for yourself in the mirror. Um, don't be looking for someone else's body. Don't be like expecting that you're going to put on some like miracle piece of clothing that's going to completely change you. Like, I think that we're so often sold things like that. Like if you start looking for you exactly as you are in the mirror, uh, you're gonna one feel way less disappointed and two, you'll probably open yourself up to opportunities to, um, wearing more things that you thought you couldn't, you know? I love that. I I'm going to take that piece of advice because I think that it can be so easy to like go in somewhere and be in the fitting room and thinking like, oh, I thought this was going to make me look different or, oh, I thought this was going to be quote unquote more flattering for my body. Um, and I, I, yeah, I love that concept of like, yeah, looking for you and like looking standing in the mirror and looking at yourself and thinking, this is what I look in this. This is how I look in this. And that's okay. Right. This is how it's going to look on me. And this is my body. And, um, I think that's a really empowering, empowering space to be in Mm -hmm. for sure. Definitely. Um, okay, Sean, well, before we wrap it up, do you mind sharing with listeners where, where we can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Hey Sean Taylor. Um, I also I run a um, community group that I do these like uh, IRL events like once a month in my area. I live in Richmond, Virginia. So if you live in like the Virginia area, you should totally give our VA fatties a follow. I love that. I love that. I'll link everything in the show notes so people can find it easily. Um, And listeners, if you resonated with this conversation and this episode, please feel free to leave a rating or review. It is really helpful for the podcast um, and let us know what you want to hear next. But other than that, thank you, Sean, so much for being here. Thank you for uh, being vulnerable and opening up with with the community. Um, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank you.